Hey there, welcome to Thrive Community Church. It is so good to be with you at Church Online. Uh, I hope you're comfortable, whether you're in your bedroom or your couch or the coffee shop or in your vehicle, wherever it is. But I hope to see you soon at our drive-in worship experiences at our Thrive building. We're moving along really fast. We, we plan to be in in July. That's our hopes. But right now we have a, uh, we just poured our parking lot, so we have a great space to be able to meet outside. Uh, but come by, check it out, pray over it as you pass through what we call Thrive Drive out in front. Uh, I want to I say a huge congratulations to our three seniors that are graduating this year, 2020. Uh, it, it's probably been a tough season going through your senior year as a COVID-19 season type of season. But for Jose Gomez, for Braley Song, for Carson McCurley, congratulations because we know that God is going to use this adversity, time of adversity, for everything that you go through and you persevere through. And thank you so much for being steadfast. There's great, great practice in all of that, being steadfast. And so uh, we are in our message series that we are discussing, and it's called Real, R-E-A-L. We're talking about being a relevant fisherman, an engaging influencer, an authentic witness. And today we're talking about being a life-giving farmer. Now, you need to know that we are God's plan for revival and sharing His story, sharing history, his story for the salvation of others. If we are not salt and light, then the world itself is in trouble. Now go to your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 9, we'll be there, and then we'll also go to John 4, 35 and 38. But let's not just go through this message series, let's let this sink down into our very existence. Let it sink down into our soul. Let, let the Lord use this to speak to the inner man inside of you that He is transforming and changing. Now, we're talking about being a, a, a life-giving farmer. And farmers know when they plant seeds, they are planting seeds of life. Now, believers know when they plant seeds, they are planting seeds of life. That seed may not come up immediately, but one day it will eventually come out, come up. Also, you may, be, may not be planting, but you may be watering what someone else has planted. We'll discuss that a little bit later. At some point, that seed could be har harvested. In fact, that person could be saved. Look at this in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. It says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now this chapter obviously is talking about finances if you've ever studied this chapter, but you can also apply it to every area of life because it is a spiritual principle. You're going to get three spiritual principles today. But if you're, let's say it this way, if you're a student who is studying, you must study in order to sow, to, to get good grades. You must study first. You're not going to reap good grades until you study, you sow by studying first. Let's talk about, uh, how about working? Don't expect a raise if you don't have a good attitude and a very difficult, or sorry, a, a strong work, work ethic. If you're, if you're not a hard worker, you can't expect a raise. So you sow hard work and the reaping is the raise. How about this? If you're married, 
Don't expect to have a good marriage if you're not kind, humble, if you're not willing to yield in areas and you're just, you're just stubborn. Don't expect to have a good marriage. You can't sow that in and expect to reap a good marriage. But it works in every area. But what about witnessing? Everyone would love to see people get saved. That's the reaping part. But hear me. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. And here's another way. If you witness sparingly, then you win people to Christ sparingly. It's all about sowing. So if you witness bountifully, then you win people to Christ bountifully. Here's three simple laws that I'm going to give you. The first week when we talked about, uh, when we talked about being a fisherman, a, a relevant fisherman, I gave you three really simple principles. And I'm, I'm going to give you three really simple but yet powerful principles, and they all have to do with the sowing and reaping laws. Number one is this, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. So if you sow corn, then you reap corn. Yes. If you see a farmer looking over his field and you ask, uh, what, what are you expecting from your harvest? And he says to you, oh, uh, I'm expecting some, some wheat. Oh, so you planted wheat. He goes, no, I actually planted corn. Now, you would think, well, that farmer has a screw loose because you sow what you reap. Now, if you plant the gospel you're going to reap souls because the gospel is all about the salvation of souls to Christ. It's really simple. We complicate it, but really, if we will just sow, we will reap an abundance. 2 Corinthians 9-7 says, So let each one give, in his, give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, one who cheerfully sows. No matter what you're doing, you should be doing it cheerfully. This chapter, it, we know, is about giving, but if you've been at Thrive for any length of time, we have taught you how to be a cheerful giving and the benefits of giving, and you have reaped the benefits of giving. We have many generous givers here at Thrive Community Church, but this truth, this principle, applies to every area of life. If you sow in your finances, you reap in your finances. Sometimes it's quickly and sometimes it's a process of time because God is working on your character to prepare you for those finances. If you sow kindness, you reap kindness. If you sow joy, you reap joy. You get it, right? It's simple. You reap what you sow. Well, I'm asking you to do, all I'm asking you to do is apply a principle you already use in the areas of finances in different areas to use it in this area of witnessing. That's all, that's all I'm asking you to do today. We are all here because we have been led to Christ and should want the same for others. But you can't reap when you haven't sown and you can't reap where you haven't sown. You, you have to put some seed in the ground. I have, I have myself witnessed to many people who have not come to know the Lord. That may seem like, well, that's exactly why I don't do it. No, that's exactly why we continue to do it because it's not on us. That's the reality. My job is not to save anyone. Your job is not to save anyone but to plant the seed that will lead them to salvation. Jesus saves, we introduce Jesus. 
part of our vision statement right there. Point number two is this. You reap after you sow. So you reap what you sow, and then you reap after you sow. We live in a generation that wants to reap and then sow. We reap after you sow. So you see the same, that same farmer the next year, uh, and you see him and you ask him, hey, what are you waiting for? And, he, and he's, he's standing there, he says, my, my crop, he replies. So you're asking, oh, so did you, actually point, uh, did you actually plant corn this year? Because I know you were looking for that last year, or wheat, wheat this year, rather. I know you were looking for that last year. He goes, no, I haven't planted anything. Well, how are you going to reap if you're not sowing? And how are you going to reap if you haven't sowed? That dude has a major screw loose if he's sitting there watching a field waiting to reap something, yet, and yet he hasn't sown anything. Are you, are you catching my drift here? So you reap after you sow. And, and, and you have to plant a seed if you want a harvest. You know, all these Christians want others to know Christ, but no one wants to be the one who tells others about Him. If you speak, if you ask people what the gospel is, you get all kinds of different answers. It's love. It's grace. You know, it's, it's a good feeling in my heart. And then some may say, well, you know, it's just, it's just hard to explain. Well, isn't it, isn't it good that God didn't make it hard to explain or hard to understand? Isn't, isn't it great that He made it, He stated it very plainly? Simply, repent and believe in Jesus. The gospel is this. The gospel is that God came, he be, God became a man in Jesus Christ and lived a life that we wouldn't live and he died a death that we should have died and three days later he rose from the dead proving that he is the son of God that offers the forgiveness of sins and eternal life to all who will repent and believe. That right there is the gospel, and that right there is what every believer needs to learn, to, le to know, and be ready to share with anyone who ever has any questions. We don't see a harvest because we aren't planting. You see, Paul was straightening the people out right here in this next verse because people were, were going around and saying, well, I'm of, I'm of Paul and, and I'm of Apollos. And, and he was like, wait, 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 wait. For when one says, I am of Paul and another, I am of, of Apollos, are you not carnal? Are you not thinking about, this is a human. This is a, a human. How can you be of either one of these? He says, I'll, I'll, like, I'll talk to someone and they will, they'll praise me or they'll thank me for something that, God has done or used me to do in their lives. And my, my response is, well, praise God. Because who am I? Who, who is any pastor? Who, who, are, who is anybody as a minister? Because they're not the one that is actually doing the work. They are one, the ones, we are the ones being used to do the work that leads everybody back to Jesus. So praise Jesus. Praise God for the things that are going on. Thank the, other, thank the individual, but praise God for what He is doing in every one of our lives. And sow seed accordingly. Look at this. Proverbs 11.30 says, And he who wins souls is wise. Look at the next verse in 1 Timothy 1.17 because you might think, well, I want to win souls. I want to be wise. I, I, I need to be wise. I need wisdom. James tells us if you, if you lack wisdom, ask the Father above and He will give you an abundance of wisdom. Well, it also says now this, Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, to God, 
who alone is wise. Be honored and, and glory forever and ever. Amen. But, but God alone, who alone is wise. So if I put those verses together and it says that, that he who... It's, go, go back to the next one. Let's see. And he who wins souls is wise. But then it says God alone, who alone is wise. And I start to put scriptures together. And this is when you start to study scripture and dive into scripture, you start to see some parallels. And, and you may even see some places where you think there's conflict. And that's the thing that God is calling you to work that out to see consistency because there is no conflict in the word of God. But as you compare those truths and you start to work it out, God gives you a, a statement as truth. You, you begin to discover more of who He is. You know, see, that's a part of sowing also. As you sow into His Word and sow into learning more about Him, then you start to reap a different character, a different, a different you even that looks even more like Him. What these are saying together is God is the one who is wise and He alone saves. God saves. Just We just sow seed. And that's all we're supposed to do. Just sow some seeds. We are the one to witness. We plant and we water. It might, I might be the one who, who guides someone to the Lord. Or you might be someone who guides someone to the Lord along with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is the one who saves. Look at this in John 4. I told you to turn to John 4. 35 says, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for the harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may what? Rejoice together. And then look at this. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to, that you to reap that for which you have not labored, others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. He's saying that you are going to reap some souls, but someone else planted the seed. But you and the other person both are going to get the reward. So if you try to lead someone to the Lord and, and, and they don't receive Him, yet don't be discouraged. If they don't receive Him, don't be discouraged. You know that you have planted a seed that someone will come and then water and God will provide the growth and eventually He will lead them back to Himself because His Word does not return void. Look at this and point, and point number three is this. You reap more than you sow. You reap more than you sow. 1 Corinthians says this in chapter 3, So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Each one will receive a reward for the labor. I told you earlier, those who sow and those who reap, they will receive a reward. You'll receive a reward for sowing, and you may never reap. But when the one reaps, you will receive the same reward that the one who has reaped as, as the one for the one who has sown. You get it?
So if I sow, I don't reap, I get the reaper's reward. And the reaper gets the sower's reward. We celebrate together, we rejoice together because we get a similar, the same reward together. Look at this. Have you ever heard of Edward Kimball? Probably not. But he was a Sunday school teacher. And there are probably many Sunday school teachers who have never been heard of, but have affected the kingdom of God greatly. And they don't do it for the accolades. They don't do it for the praise. They don't do it for any recognition. They do it because they love Jesus and they want others to know Jesus. He was a Sunday school teacher who one day witnessed to a shoe salesman. This shoe salesman's name was Dwight L. Moody. You may have heard of this guy. His name is D.L. Moody, known as D.L. Moody. Well, D.L. Moody accepted Christ and later was preaching and Frederick B. Meyer accepted Christ. Probably don't know who Frederick B. Meyer is. Well, that's okay. Frederick B. Meyer was preaching one day and Wilbur Chapman received Christ. Wilbur Chapman later became a minister and he was ministering to a baseball player who came to Christ and became, he was a baseball player, his name was Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday became an evangelist. Billy Sunday then went to Charlotte, North Carolina and thousands of people came to see him evangelize. Hundreds of people got saved. The, Charlotte, the, the, the city of Charlotte loved it. They wanted him to come back. The churches, they said, hey, we've got to have you back. We've got to do this again. He says, my schedule is just booked. I can't do it. So what Billy Sunday did was sent a young man that he led to the Lord named Mordecai Ham. No one knows Mordecai Ham. But Mordecai Ham went back to Charlotte. He was going to put on a huge crusade, just like Billy Sunday, and very few people even came, hardly anyone, but yet one little boy got saved. One little boy. That little boy's name is, if you could guess it, was Billy Graham. So all of those things transpired, and every one of those are reaping the rewards that even Billy Graham has reaped and has sown, well, even the individual and D.L. Moody, Billy Sunday, Wilbur, Mordecai, every one of them are receiving the same continual rewards of not only what Billy Graham has done, but also for those who have come to know Jesus Christ by way of the leading of Billy Graham and the guiding and the evangelism of Billy Graham. Well, maybe you've been saved through a Billy Graham crusade. And maybe you lead somebody to the Lord. Well, guess what? The El Moody even gets to re the rejoice and reward with you. Isn't that amazing? There's a continual benefit and reward as we see people come to know Jesus Christ and we play a small part, whether it be planting or whether it be watering. But it started when a Sunday school teacher witnessed to a shoe salesman. You reap more than you sow because when you, one, reap, one sows and another reaps, both, as Scripture says, both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. And when you come, when you get the reward of continue, when you sow, you get that reward of continual reaping. Now, uh, I can say for my own life, my, my mother's dad, uh, he was very, very poor upbringing. You know, they say that the poor people called her, called him poor, his family poor. Uh, I remember him giving me, uh, telling me jokes of, of eating rats. They were so poor. That's, that's pretty poor. 
But in his, in his upbringing, he gave his life to the Lord. He met Jesus and became an adamant follower of Christ. And in his adamant following of Christ, God moved him to become a, a generous giver. Now this man was very poor. The poor people called him poor. And yet he found it in his heart to become a generous giver. Well, and he was a very hard worker, had kept a great attitude. God blessed his footsteps and he began, as he progressed, he owned his own oil business and became very successful oil man. Well, that wasn't all he did. He also led people in that difficult environment to know Christ and to honor Christ if they wouldn't come to know Christ. Well, he also was a church planter, helped church planters. In the early, uh, late 70s, before I was even born, he helped plant a church in Honduras. What is he doing? He was sowing seeds for the future for things that he's gone to, on to be with the Lord, passed away in 1997. But he sowed seeds that he would never one day see in the natural come to reap. But some 30 years later, his own grandson would begin to walk in the very fertile soil that he was sowing in. So he's reaping in heaven. Well, look at this. My grandmother, my mother's mother, also grew up very poor, and her mother loved the Lord. I've heard testimony and stories of, of she would go through Kilgore, through the downtown streets, praying in the Spirit out loud as they would go from their church back to their home. Uh, my, my mother loved, loved the Lord. I, every time the door was, doors were open when I was young, we were going to be in church. I was going to be in church. She was going to be in church. She was going to be serving. She was going to be giving. She was going to be doing whatever the church needed. The Lord always moved her forward, and even to this day, progressively for, forward. And she has sown, she was sown, and she is reaping, and she is reaping, and she has sown into the future. There's things that she will reap as a reward and be able to rejoice when she's even in heaven because of the things that she has affected, the people that she has affected. Now, now my dad's side, very, very difficult upbringing. My, my dad was a, uh, my, my grandfather on my dad's side was a gambler. He was abusive. He, he, uh, my mother, my, grand, my dad's mother uh, rejected them, it, it removed, left. He completely, uh, completely abandoned my dad. It was, it was a very difficult thing for my dad. Uh, my grandfather, his dad died in, in Las Vegas and uh, my dad has struggled with many things. A good man. You can see, I, I could go either direction, and for many, many years, I struggled either direction. And maybe that's very similar to your story. You have good examples, and you have very challenging examples in your life, and there's a decision that had to be made. I know in my life, whenever I was in a very difficult time, I was in the bottoms of life, all I could think about is I don't want my life to continually look like this. And so I had the example of my grandfather, my grandmother on my mom's side, uh, my mother. And I noticed now, no, no matter what difficulties they had, they always had an outlook of hope. And always God gave, lifted them up and gave them a way out. And they always looked at life with a, from a different perspective. That's, that's the life I wanted. That's, I remember saying in my heart, that is the life that I want for me and the family that I didn't even yet have. And that's when I gave my life to the Lord. And that's when I committed to continually, daily, give my life to the Lord and let it not be about me, but completely about His kingdom. That's sowing, 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 sowing. Have I been reaping along the way? Absolutely. 
I was speaking with a, a Kevin Work yesterday, and I, I had been thinking, there is no way anyone could ever argue with me about the generosity, being generous towards the Lord, and sowing both in word and in finances and in work and in efforts. And God is not blessing that because I have seen God in my own life take me out of the bottoms, lift me up, and continually put me on an escalator towards success in His way. It all comes from sowing and sowing and sowing and not giving up. And thankfully along the way, I have seen many souls get saved as well. But Jesus is the one who did it all. And I just played a part in his life. So I want to end with this. I know this has been a very challenging message series and I want it to affect you deeply. And I wanted to kind of dumb this all down to the simple fact of just sow some seed. Sow some seed for the harvest because the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe and God is just waiting, encouraging. And I hope you feel led, if you remember the, the analogy from last week, to just talk to somebody about Jesus over this next season that you're going through. They may be going through a difficult season. They may be the ones, just like I was, in the pits. And they needed somebody to speak life of stability, some kind of hope back into them so that they may give their life and then begin to plant seed and to sow into others' life as well. So the big question is this, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message. I want to pray for you because you may be in that place, you may be in that pit, and I'm telling you right now, if you will just begin to sow by faith in that pit, in that situation, I promise you, you will, re you will reap an abundant harvest if you do not grow weary of doing good. Now, you may be in a season and you are reaping some very difficult times. I want you to be honest with yourself. It may be because you, at one time you were sowing negativity, you were sowing difficulty, you were sowing chaos, you were sowing a bad lifestyle. So I want you to be very honest with yourself. And I want you to be confrontational with yourself in the sense of, you know what, I'm no longer going to sow that kind of seed. I'm going to start, start sowing good seed because I want to reap a good harvest. So, Father, I just thank you so much for every individual that is listening to this message, and I pray that it penetrates hearts, and I pray that it changes minds, and I pray that it uplifts spirits. We bless you. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you in our next series.